Our first reading from the book of Deuteronomy in the 26th chapter. When you came into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall put it in a basket and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name and dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid on us hard labor. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers. And the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, I, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite, and the sojourner who is among you. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from Romans in the 10th chapter. The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes, and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise and honor the gospel from Luke's gospel in the fourth chapter. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, you shall, not, or you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, 
He will command His angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Would you please join your hearts together with mine as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have given. All the ways through friendships and work and every gift that comes every day. The breath in our lungs, the sight in our eyes, and the relationships which you build. We pray, Lord, that you continue uh, to give. That you continue to take care of our daily needs, our daily bread, as you continue to show your grace and mercy for us through Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from our God and Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I have a question for you. Have you ever been stuck somewhere you didn't want to be? Never, right? Never. Never been stuck somewhere you didn't want to be. Now, immediately as we hear the gospel text today with Jesus in the wilderness, we think, have I ever had a flat tire driving out to Arizona, right? Not everybody's had that. But sometimes you get stuck on the side of the road, and when you get stuck on the side of the road, you start having questions. First, does my spare tire have air? That's one question. Sometimes you find out after you've put the spare tire on and let the car back down and then realize my spare tire doesn't have any air. And then you start wondering, well, who should I call? Am I able to call? Do I have cell signal? If I don't, uh, do I walk into town? Do I not walk into town? Am I far enough away? Do I sit and wait? Are there other cars coming by? If there are other cars coming by, do I trust the people in the cars that are coming by to actually stop and help and take care of me? Or would I rather just have them continue driving? Being stuck somewhere you don't want to be is no fun. Now, there's other types of wilderness too. Ever been stuck at a party you didn't want to be at? Someone invited you to it and you show up and there's a bunch of people there and all of a sudden you realize it's not really the place that you want to be. Or stuck in relationships or work or temptations or sin. Any of those wilderness type places are no fun to be stuck in when you don't really want to be there. And oftentimes we don't really want to be in those situations. They're hard for whatever reason. And they sometimes catch us by surprise and we don't really even realize it. But see, being in those places is what this time in life is kind of about. There's a rhythm to Jesus' life that's very similar to ours. You see, he was given the identity as Son of God. Well, from before creation, he's been the Son of God. Yet, born and took on our flesh, and then at his baptism, you hear the voice of God say, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. So his rhythm starts with that identity and that baptism. And then there's a time of temptation. His whole human life. A time of temptation. As he walked through all the times in which Satan would try to distract him from who he is as the Son of God. All leading up to a time of rest. A time where he's in his Father's presence once again. A time when those temptations are no longer there. And your life is actually not much different than that. There's a rhythm to our lives. Become God's children. We're given his identity in our baptism. There's a time temptations. 
our daily run right now. How many things come up in life that try to distract us away from listening to God, from hearing His Word, from focusing on what He would have us do in our vocations and our families and those parties we don't want to be in or on the side of the road wondering if someone needs some help. Or sitting patiently while we wait for help. It's a time in which we kind of struggle. We, in the Lutheran church, call it being sinner saints, right? Sinner by experience because you know how there are times where we let God down and let others down by not taking care of them. Yet saints, by pure declaration of God's grace and what He's done for us in Jesus. Now Jesus in the wilderness didn't have that struggle of identity. He was solely a saint. Now He wrestled with every temptation that you have ever wrestled with or will ever wrestle with And he did it not just to show you how to accomplish temptation. Well, that's probably the wrong phrasing. He showed it not just how to fight temptation so that you could go do it on your own. Which, following his example, is helpful. Knowing to lean on God's Word and dig into God's Word when temptations come. That's a beautiful thing. But that's not solely what Jesus did. See, that would be taking us and putting us into Jesus' story way back when. So what did Jesus do? Yes, he fought Satan. He didn't get distracted by Satan's temptations, and Jesus didn't sin in the midst of that temptation. But he did it all for you. See, if Jesus had followed the same pattern of his predecessors, of Moses and Adam, then we would be in the same state of looking for a Messiah. Think about that. Adam and Eve created and in the garden with nothing to distract them from God at all. Everything absolutely perfect in a perfect relationship in a perfect place. A perfect relationship between God and creation and creation and all the things around of creation and with one another relationally. Everything perfect. And then when temptation came in, they got distracted. They decided to listen to a word that they put up and above God's word and now took God out of his place of honor and out of his place of authority and they put a different word there. Ultimately, their own word and their own identity into that place. And right then and there, we see the exact same thing that many of us do when we break the first commandment, right? You shall have no other gods before me. And in our catechisms, we learn it is we should fear, love, and trust God above all things. Well, when we don't, then everything gets kind of out of order. And as Moses walked through the desert with the children of God, them given the identity by God Himself, and He said, You are my chosen people, and you have been ever since Abraham, and ever since Noah, and you have been my people, and I have heard your cry, and I'm going to bring you out of the desert. I'm going to give you a land. And they said, Yeah, but we're hungry. We want food. So He said, All right, I'll take care of that need too. They said, this land that you've given us, this place you've given us is filled with too many big people and it's too scary and we don't want to go into Canaan. He said, fine. 40 days will turn into 40 years and you'll keep walking. And then they said, 
yeah, but you've sent snakes in and now we're getting hurt and you're not doing anything about it. Well, until he did. Had Moses make a bronze serpent and put it up. Then we have Jesus. The whole of the people of Israel reduced down to one man. The second Adam. One that would not get distracted from God's will at all. He's the Son of God. Yet in every human way tempted as we are. And as he was in the desert for 40 days, did you catch it in Luke's Gospel when Satan came? He didn't come on day one. didn't come on day two. It said, when the days were over, Jesus was hungry. And the devil came to him and said, hey, I'm going to tempt you in a particular way. Now he didn't just tempt him through hunger, though that was a part of it. He tempted his identity. Satan's first words, if you are the Son of God, our our temptations that come our way often tempt us in the same way. They might work through a desire or they might work through pride or they might work through greed or any of those certain things, but really the temptation that comes down is tempting us away from our identity as God's children. To know who we are in Jesus. See, and that's important. As Jesus heard those temptations come, he did exactly what should be done, of course, because he's Jesus. He responded with God's word alone, and he said, look, my identity rests in who God the Father has given me to be right here. I've always been the Son of God. I will always be the Son of God, and I will not be distracted by the will of my Father, and I will continue on. But not for His sake, for yours. Because as you're baptized, you're baptized into the identity of Jesus. Your identity rests in His hands. Your righteousness is not yours, but His given to you. And your sins, done away with. Washed clean. See, He carried those sins to the cross so that payment would be made for them. And he carried those same sins into the tomb so they could be buried and left there. And when he rose from the dead, he rose free from all those things and he rose free for you. So that as he would rise and his work would continue on for you, as you would be baptized into his death and his resurrection, that you would carry his identity, his righteousness, his cleanness, and his being known, his position, right, as a son of God, a child of God. When we talk about a time of rest for Jesus, until he comes back, he continues to work for you. As he stands before the Father and continues to pray on our behalf and continues to speak to the Father on our behalf, and when God looks down and sees our sins, Jesus is standing right there and reminding his Father, Dad, I died for every one of those. The stripes on my back carry names and they carry sins. And every single one of them is something that is left in the tomb, Father. Remember that when you see your creation, you look through me. Because they have all been baptized into my name. Your children, your people, Father, they're ours. We look forward to that day of rest. 
when Christ comes back and we will no longer have to worry about temptations. We will no longer have to worry about being distracted from where God is or who God is or what we need to do to take care of things or be stuck in any wilderness of any sort at all. Because when Christ comes back, Creator and creation is all back together once again, living in perfect harmony with one another and in the very presence of God where we all get to rest the wedding feast of the Lamb that has no end. The time to be in God's presence because of the work that Christ has done for you in the wilderness, upon the cross, and in His resurrection. All for you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for the love that You have shown us in Jesus. Dear Lord, we thank You for all that You did to fight everything that we cannot And yet you hand it over to us as a free gift and call us siblings, co-heirs to the kingdom, children of God, and brothers and sisters. We pray, Lord, that you continue to strengthen us by your Holy Spirit. So when those times of wilderness come, that you would focus our eyes straight upon God's grace and mercy for us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as you're able.